sometimes simple is better. Get yourself a cup of tea or a beverage of your choice and get comfortable at the Beanbag Cafe. We talk about all things motherhood and modern day parenting without losing you in the process. Because after all, you were someone before you became someone's mother. I'm here to honor that. We dive in to all kinds of topics, whether how to prioritize you as a mom, how to choose the most useful items in your baby registry, or how to surround yourself with mom friends that uplift and support you. We have it all. Motherhood can be challenging, so let's do it together. One bedtime routine at a time. Welcome to the Beanbag Cafe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beanbag Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Julie Fernandes, and I'm back today with another travel update podcast because after I recorded the podcast you would hear before this one, all about my travel trips, tips, I realized I had so much more to say. So if you are interested in traveling with kids or just wondering what that looks like, make sure you keep listening. And before I dive into that, just to introduce myself, if you're new here, I'm a mom of three. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 14-month-old. I'm also a licensed occupational therapist. I've been an occupational therapist nearly 20 years, which is kind of wild because I do not feel as old as someone who should have had a career for 20 years. But anyway, here we go. And I'm also a coach for moms, specifically um, I help moms in those early years build confidence in their parenting skills because I feel like, you know, whilst parenting and mothering is instinctual, there are a lot of skills that go into it that we need to break down in order to be competent and confident in our motherhood and parenting. So I help moms through that, depending on anything that they could be dealing with. Um, that's where my occupational therapy expertise comes in. I'm really uh trained in analyzing people's situations and giving them the best advice uh, in order to in order for them to reach their maximum potential. So uh, we can talk about coaching um, a little bit later and in other episodes I've talked about it, but if that is something that you're interested in or just curious as to what that looks like, make sure you send me a message on Instagram or an email and we can connect and just have a call and chat about what's going on with you. So let's jump in to travel and uh, just as a quick update, um, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, which you should, but if you haven't, um, we just got back from a month long workcation, vacation from um, in Spain, from Spain. You can hear I'm like jumbled because jet lag is a real thing. And that's something that I'm going to talk about in this episode. Uh, but as I said in the previous one, before the jet lag wears off, I really wanted to get my thoughts down, not on paper per se, but into the ether. Uh, so we went away for a whole month and it was an experiment to see what it would be like living in another country, working, kind of doing our usual stuff in a different environment. Um, it is the first like long haul international flight we've done in a really long time in like almost three years. And as a family that travels quite regularly, uh, far, far away from the States, uh, you know, cause we have family in South Africa. So I, we were doing that trip quite a lot. And let me tell you, it's, it's not, it's not for beginners, <laughs> but you know, we, we were kind of, you know, we'd kind of mastered this long haul travel, but we kind of out of practice cause we hadn't done it for such a long time. So I really wanted to record my thoughts while it's still very fresh in my mind. And I do apologize if everything comes out discombobulated because jet lag is a real thing. 
Anyway, so there were a couple of things that I was just thinking about, like after I published that episode of like, oh, I forgot to talk about that, even though I had it written down and I didn't look at my notes because usually I just kind of let these podcasts kind of come the way I want to. Um, but there were a few things that I feel like are important to note. And so this is kind of like a part two from that episode. One of the things that I didn't speak about was getting your kids involved in the packing and unpacking process, because I'm all about raising independent children. And this becomes really, uh, important the more kids you have because it's not like economies of scale right and the older children really have to pull their weight just for their own things I'm not asking them to look after their younger siblings like if they're happy to to volunteer for certain things and my two older kids do really love our little baby um, but they're not like ultimately responsible for her in any shape or form but I do feel like as they get older they should be responsible for their own things. And so what I did, the first step I did with that is I bought them little suitcases um, that are hand luggage essentially. And I like that because I actually don't like checking in bags because I don't know, I have this, I have this paranoia about bags getting lost and just not having our things or whatever. So I always want to be prepared. Um, but now they have like tracking systems on your, on an app when you travel. So you can actually track where your luggage is. So that does make me feel better that you know, I can track with this luggage and it's not going to just like disappear forever. I guess growing up in South Africa, we always used to hear like horrific stories about people's luggage and things getting stolen and luggage not showing up. And so I just like to have essentials with me on the plane. So like a change of clothes, obviously like the toothbrush, uh, some toys, books, things that are like are more like difficult to replace. Should we should they be lost? Um, and so it started with them each getting a suitcase, which is like a hand luggage size, so they can bring it on the plane with them. Um, and usually we don't really even like access too much of that, but we could if we needed to. Like if for some reason we got stuck in a layover and we had to stay in a hotel and we couldn't get our bag or something, or we didn't want to open our ginormous suitcase, um, we would have their suitcase. And so when we uh, started packing to go to Spain. I asked them like what they wanted to bring. And like, obviously they're still young, they're seven and four. And so they have unrealistic expectations of how much we can actually put in there. Plus, especially my seven-year-old, um, he needs to be able to pull his suitcase, the four-year-old as well, but she's like less, she's less compliant. Um, so it can't be too heavy that we can't carry them if we need to, but you know, the kids need to be able to pull them. Um, and then when we got back, I noticed, you know, they were so happy to be home, which is great and everything, but they went straight to all of their like big toys. Like they're really into building train tracks and things like that. Um, and they kind of just left their suitcases just, you know, abandoned in the hallway. And I said to them, before we start playing with new toys at home, I need you to help me unpack. And so they did, to who they credit, they took everything out of the suitcases. So at least I could put the suitcases away and they took everything upstairs to their room and they kind of left it there. Well, they sort of, they tried to arrange it as best as they could. Um, and I kind of did the rest. And so it's just a creating an awareness that you have a suitcase with your things. These are your things and you have an age appropriate level of responsibility to help me with this. Um, you know, because I do think they're old enough and I think there's a tendency not to let kid, give kids responsibility. And then it just becomes more and more difficult as they get older, whereas you're kind of guiding slash training them that this is, these are their things. And when you get home from school, you unpack your backpack. When you get home from a trip, you help me unpack your suitcase. I don't expect them to do the whole thing. I definitely don't expect them to do it perfectly or to the level that I would like things put away. Um, it was not perfectly done by any means, but at least they were involved. And I feel like it's an important point to, um, 
just to mention that I didn't mention in the previous podcast that I think children should be involved in the packing and unpacking process as much as possible, as much as is age appropriate. The same with when you get to your destination, giving them the autonomy to unpack their things. It's quite fun actually to put your uh, clothes away in a new place. And usually, you know, you have a tiny amount of clothes compared to what you usually have and you have a lot of space to unpack them into. So that's good. And just having everything laid out. I've noticed that my four-year-old is really into organization. She tries to organize a lot of things and, you know, whether that's her, just her personality or the fact that she sees me doing it, I will never know. But I do like the fact that she's starting to show that she cares about her environment and she likes things to be neat and tidy and she likes things to be easily accessible so that she's not like, we're not searching for things over and over and over again. So I just wanted to put that in. Um, then something else, and this is a bit of a mosh posh of an episode, but again, something that makes a massive difference. And I've noticed this now. So when we went to Spain, I struggled with the jet lag in terms of, I feel like I always struggle going West to East, um, because I don't want to go to sleep when I'm supposed to go to sleep, but I was getting like quite bad headaches. And I, I might've mentioned this in the previous episode, and I just wanted to expand upon that. And I think largely that is to do with um, well, lack of sleep because our plane was delayed and I don't sleep well on planes anyway. You know, who does unless you, unless you're flying business. And even then I don't think you're getting like optimal sleep by any means. Um, but it is a lot better, obviously. Uh, so lack of sleep and just not drinking enough water because it's hard to get water on an airplane. Like, man, I drink a lot of water because I just do. And I'm also still breastfeeding. So I like, I have to produce milk. Um, and the plane also just, the air is so dry. I literally think it sucks every ounce of moisture. If you've ever gone into, well, you would have, if you've flown on an airplane, you go into the little bathroom, that little disgusting bathroom, always wear shoes. And you look in the mirror. I just feel like I can see my face like cracking and myself aging like 15 years in that like light of the mirror. Anyway, I think the air really sucks out the moisture from your skin. It's It makes you very thirsty, but at the same time, you don't want to be going to the bathroom every hour. And you also, you don't have access to water because once you go through security, you know, you like don't have any water. So you either have to buy a whole lot of bottled water and then physically carry it, which is heavy. Um, and then you have to find a place to put it in the whole thing. So, I mean, I definitely try, especially for longer flights, um, we buy like two extra, now there's so many of us as well, right? We buy two extra big bottles of water, even though there is water on the plane, but it's just not enough. And like, it's not always easy. They've made the planes, the planes are so squished. It's not easy to go and get water. Like, I feel like when I used to fly long haul flights, um, we would be able to go to the back of the plane, go to like the galley, I think that's what it's called. And there's always there was always water, especially when we used to fly KLM, there always used to be water and orange juice, like always kind of available on those like 12 hour flights and you could just go and get it as much as you wanted. Um, and now I just feel like it's so hot. Like you, there's, there's like, they're coming through the cabin. So then you're stuck. There's literally one way in and out. Um, there's no like space to go around, um, where like economy and business kind of meet. So you're really like screwed either way. So anyway, so drinking lots of water, but I would recommend drinking a lot of water before the flight. So like the days leading up to the flight, because hydration takes time. And then obviously when you get to your destination, just really being conscious about doubling up on the water um, so that you can replenish the fact that you're probably pretty dehydrated uh, from the flight. And then um, 
Other things that I find really helpful, I never travel without some kind of lip balm. We would call it lip ice in South Africa, but like chapstick. Actually, what I really like is a, it's called, it's marketed as a sleeping mask, but it's like a jelly gel kind of lip balm. And I like the Laneige one. I think that's how you say it. L-A-N-E-I-G-E. And if you are traveling, like splurge on some kind of balm. I'm sure you can get them from like Lush and or, you know, places like that, they'll have like, a, it's a, well, they call it a lip sleeping mask. Uh, and I really like that one. And so does everybody else, but it just prevents your lips from drying out because they get really dry, especially if you're like sleeping with your mouth open or something. Um, and like the balm you could probably use around your lips. I noticed my daughter also, um, from this flight now, and we just came back, she's got like dry skin around her lips, just kind of from like licking her lips and then the dryness of the plane. And so something like that, uh, is a good way, like, I guess like aquaphor would work as well. But if you wanted something a little nicer, that smells nicer and probably is a little better ingredients. Um, I really like the, the sleeping mask from Laneige. Um, and I actually just ordered another one cause mine is nearly done. Um, but yeah, so I think that's really helpful. Also having some kind of hand lotion or um, if you go into like business class, the business class bathroom, they'll have some hand, lash, hand lotion um, and face cream. So I've also found, as I said, like my face looks like it's going to crack into a million pieces. Um, I've been using a product that contains hyaluronic acid and that pulls out moisture into your face and like plumps up your face. And then I use like a face cream and I keep that with me on the airplane because especially with anything longer than like five or six hours, you know, you probably want to just <laughs> moisturize in some way. Um, so that's not specific to kids. That's more to me. They have luscious, beautiful skin all the time, but it is something to keep in mind that the hydration content is like really low on an airplane. So you want to make sure that you are just aware of that. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about is how to adjust to jet lag because we're in the thick of it now. We are day, it's Monday today. We arrived back like really late Friday night, Saturday morning. So we're like day three-ish right now. Um, and we had a seven hour time difference. So I'm actually recording this at 7.10 in the morning, which is pretty, pretty epic. Our baby is onto her first nap of the day already. She woke up at three this morning. Um, and then I put her back to sleep at about five, 5.30. Um, now I kind of like the jet lag going back east to west because you wake up really early and you can do a whole lot of stuff before people even wake up. But the problem is then you kind of have to go to bed at six or seven in the evening and then, you know, you you, it, the world is still continuing wherever you live and you're like fast asleep. And then also waking up at three or four in the morning, like no one else is awake. So, you, so there's, I always have like emails I want to send, I guess I can send emails, but like texts and things I don't want to send to people at three, four in the morning, um, and wake them up. So, um, it's not, it's not ideal. You, you will eventually have to adjust to the time change, but I wish I could just have this like energy to wake up at 5am without needing an alarm clock forever, but unrealistic. Anyway, my philosophy when it comes to jet lag is sleeping as much as possible. I do not like to force your body to adjust, especially little bodies, because I've noticed that when they don't get enough sleep, um, enough rest, they tend to get fevers, they get sick. Um, this has happened like multiple times. I always travel with like a Tylenol, Panadol, um, you know, Motrin with me on an airplane always. I don't necessarily need it on an airplane, but definitely when we get off the airplane, 
you know, you just, when your body is run down like that, you're just more susceptible to picking up viruses and just little like um, bugs and kids, especially with, with um, you know, more immature immune systems. So with my baby, my philosophy now, like she's been doing amazing. Like the day yesterday, she slept from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., um, and I don't think she woke up. We were playing musical beds, so she wasn't, but I was. So I don't think, I didn't hear her waking up in the middle of the night. Um, and I did my same sort of routine of like keeping her up for two or three hours, giving offering her a nap, letting her sleep, wake up, do the same thing, another nap, and then go to bed. But last night she went to bed probably at 6, 6.30. We went to bed a little bit later because we were like gradually adjusting. And then she woke up at 3.30, something like that, 3 or 3.30, um, which is probably not enough sleep for her in a night. But at the same time, she has been like sleeping during the day a bit more. And then I put her back to sleep at like 5.30 because she was getting all fussy again. And I really feel like you have to pay attention because jet lag is not just about not wanting to sleep at the normal times. You also feel a bit strange. Um, I noticed like when we gave her a bath the day before yesterday, she just cried the whole time. She loves the bath usually. She never cried. She could sit in there all day. She loves water. So like I, I know she's like a little bit off. The other thing that's interesting when you fly for a long period of time is that you know, gas gets trapped in your intestines and your stomach and just makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You'll notice that kids don't like poop as much. They take a day or two to get back into routine. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, poonamis um, everywhere because they're kind of all backed up. This is another reason why you need to be drinking water because constipation is not really about the fiber. It's more about the lack of hydration, lack of water. So you need to be giving them a lot of water um, and, you know, liquids as well as obviously like fruit and healthy food to help them. But definitely water level is very important. Um, and so the other thing is that like your eating habits are off too. Your stomach also gets jet lagged when you don't feel like eating at certain times or you feel like eating at three in the morning because it's breakfast time for you. Um, and just being aware of all of these things and not trying to force it. So I always try and have about a week to recover. So my kids are going to start school in two weeks time. This gives them like plenty of time to adjust to the time change really gradually. Uh, like for example, we, where we would usually have gone for dinner at a friend's house, we opted to go for like a brunch lunch because that was kind of like dinner time for us. Just like slowly easing into these things and not putting pressure will help you. Otherwise you'll notice kids won't sleep well. They'll get sick. They're going to wake up in the middle of the night. Um, just things that like don't always make sense. And it's just a response to your body being kind of like jolted from one time zone to the next. Um, and then not being like in sync where you're like awake when it's dark and then going to bed when the sun is still up. And, um, you know, as human beings, we're very adaptable, so it's not the end of the world, uh, but it is important to take note. And as you would have heard in the previous episode, I am getting ready to travel to South Africa in a few days. And I'm a little nervous because we're going to do the same thing again, but it's going to be double the distance. Um, but I'm going to do the same routine with her. We are going to be flying 15 hours from Atlanta to Johannesburg. Um, and that's the second flight. I still have to fly from Austin. Um, and that's going to be interesting because we're going to land, hopefully, you know, in Joburg, early, like late afternoon, early evening. And then I have to figure out how I'm going to get her to go to bed. And the trouble with that is 
um, the challenge is that, you know, I'm going to be staying with my parents who are not jet lagged and who are going to want to go to bed by a certain time. So that's going to be interesting because I don't know what time this baby's going to go to bed. But the first night, usually everyone is so tired that you go to sleep. Um, it's the next day that becomes a problem. But hopefully, you know, a baby that's used to going to bed at 6 or 7 p.m. will more likely be going to bed at like 10 or 11, not at like 3 in the morning. But send send prayers because I'm not sure how this is going to go. I also haven't done such, you know, two such drastic time changes in such a short period of time. So like it's not even worth me adjusting to US time before I fly back to South Africa, but I also cannot help but adjust um because I just it's so hard. You I mean, unless the, the all of us just stay going to bed at, you know, um, two o'clock in the afternoon, which would be 9 p.m. at night, and then waking up at two in the morning, which is 9 a.m., um, you know, that's just not realistic. I don't want my children waking up at two in the morning. So, and they're not traveling with me, they're staying here. So, if they don't need to get back onto a different time zone, I mean, they need to stay, they need to get onto US time. Anyway, so I just wanted to, uh, record all of that. I'll have my previous travel episodes linked down below so you can go check them out. Um, I hope this is helpful. If you have any questions, please send them to me. Um, and if you're interested in coaching or understanding what that is, because for a long time I did not know what coaching was. Um, as I said, I really like to help moms build confidence. Um, and I use that I use tools like mindset and beliefs. I'm really into self-development and spirituality as a person. We are all evolving and growing um, on this planet. And I do believe that we are all given unique challenges and that gives us the lessons that we need in this lifetime. Um, I use mindset. As I said, I use my occupational therapy background. It has been invaluable when it comes to coaching moms. So much of our training is actually um, has coaching embedded into it. Uh, so I've had a lot of experience working with different people from different walks of life with different challenges throughout my career. And it's really, really helpful when it comes to motherhood and analyzing a specific mom and coming up with a customized plan for them to achieve the goals that they really want. Um, and then I also believe in developing and empowering moms to have that, that ideation, that identity of motherhood. You know, what does it mean to be a mom? And how much of this is just nature versus nurture? Because I think a lot of it, we do need skills, especially, I think we're expected to do a lot more um, in modern day mothering than ever before. So we need help um, and coaching can definitely help you. So if you're interested in that and connecting with me, uh, send me an email. We can set up a time to chat. We can just chat by email, whatever suits you. And I'm looking forward to getting to know everybody better. Um, and until next time, let me know what else you'd like me to chat about. Because obviously travel is on my mind, but there's a new school year starting. Uh, and there's just so much learning and growth to unpack and so many topics that I want to talk about. I've also been uh, chatting to my friend Callista a lot. We've been uh, recording our conversations, essentially. We spoke about what it's like to be a matriarch, like the homemaker, uh, the lost art of homemaking. We have spoken about... Um, conscious, like developing the subconscious and consciousness levels from zero to seven. Uh, we have also spoken about moving and traveling with kids. And I really feel like we have some really great conversations. So, and there's just so many more that we'd like to talk about. So if you're interested, make sure you are checking her out as well as subscribing to my podcast and her podcast. And you can hear all about that. All right. I'm sending you all lots of love and happy traveling if you're traveling this uh, season and I will chat to you soon.